0: Thanks, Pastor Michelle. Well, what a joy it is to be here. Thanks to all those who have worked really hard to plan today's events. If you're a part of a church, you know these things don't just happen on their own, but it's weeks and weeks and months and months of work and planning. And so uh, we appreciate all of that in you. We have up here the home plate that we would often put down and celebrate the tiny little miracles that God was doing along the way and all the good things uh, that God has been doing. Well, I bring you greetings from the National Office of the Assemblies of God. Our General Superintendent, Doug Clay, is desirous to see a healthy church in every community. And we define a healthy church in three ways. A healthy church is one that is biblically engaged, spirit-empowered, and missions-involved. And as I look around our almost 13,000 Assembly of God churches across the nation, when I think of a healthy church, Rockside Church comes right to the top of that list. So thank you for being a healthy church. Give yourselves a hand this morning. You know, in the Assemblies of God across the nation, in the almost 13,000 churches, when they meet this morning, there are all types. There is high church and small church. There are rural churches and inner city churches. There are churches that worship to uh, choirs and orchestras and those who worship to bluegrass music. And there are even churches where people ride a horse in and tie up their horse and go to cowboy church. And so all those styles are wonderful because it helps people to be able to find a connecting point. But I want to challenge us this morning to remember that we stay connected to the person of Jesus Christ. No matter what the style, no matter what the trend, no matter even what the nostalgia is that reflects over uh, the course of, of time like we celebrate today, it's the person of Jesus Christ who we worship. And I appreciate so much the song selections that we worship to this morning because they focused on the person of Christ. And it's so important when we gather together that Christ is preeminent in what we sing, and what we say and the way that we fellowship, he is the center of his church. It is Jesus Christ who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so Christ must stay the center. As you're following Christ as a disciple, I trust that you will follow him so closely that if Christ, if Jesus stops in a minute that you're able to stop before you even bump into him. I pray that you follow Jesus so closely that if we were walking in Bible times, the dust of his sandals would come up on your shoes as well too. It's the person of Jesus Christ that makes the church, and that's who we follow. And that is the remedy. Today I want to talk about the temptation of Jesus and how we can learn from the way Jesus was tempted and how we then follow as disciples. In Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 15, the Bible says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Notice that it's talking about present tense. He was tempted in every way just as we are so we continue to be tempted in those same ways and so the temptation of Jesus Christ was recorded in three of the four Gospels and today I'm going to have us turn to Luke chapter 4 verses 3 through 12 where Jesus was fasting for 40 days in the wilderness and Satan came and tempted him in three ways we're going to look at those three ways of temptation of how we can learn from the life of Jesus Luke chapter 4, verses 3 through 12. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to them, I will give you all their authority and splendor, It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Uh, The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that this Church is founded on the Word of God, founded on the Holy Spirit moving freely among us, founded on caring about missionaries around the world. We give you praise and glory. And Lord, in these next few minutes together, we pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would want to say to each one of us. Lord, we pray that we would leave here challenged from your Word to follow after the person of Jesus Christ and to bring you glory and to bring you praise in all that we do. Bless this church. We ask you to open heaven over Rockside Church. We ask you, Lord, to make them a church of greater influence than they've ever been before in the future. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Michelle and for Chuck. We pray, Lord, that you would open heaven over them and bless them in every way. And Lord, may this time together in your word bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if we were to summarize these three ways in which Jesus was tempted, we could break it down to say these three things about the temptation. Jesus wants to challenge us, will I have enough? Number two, am I enough? And number three, do I matter? Will I have enough? Am I enough Do I matter? Now, if you would like to explore these deeper as an individual, I recommend a book to you entitled The Ache for Meaning, authored by Tommy Brown. But this morning, we're going to take these three principles in the next few minutes we have together and apply them not to us as individuals, but to this congregation as a church. Will we have enough? Are we enough? And do we matter? When Jesus was tempted in these three areas, he re responded by pointing back to the Heavenly Father. Yes, he was the Son of God, but he pointed back to the Heavenly Father each time when he answered. Even when some of what Satan contained a little bit of true statements and even quoted the scripture at one point, Jesus went back to the Word of God for the pure truth, and he quoted scripture that refuted the temptations Will we have enough? Will we have enough money, enough volunteers, enough time, you name it. When you're planting a church and when you're running a church, especially during a pandemic, the question is, will we have enough? When we look back to the Heavenly Father, He will always provide for the vision that He prescribes. And if we are obedient to His voice, there will always be enough. But there will be those times when we wonder, will we have enough? Tony Pateliki came to us right after we had started and said, Donna, if you keep spending like you are, with the income we have, we'll be closed by summer. And so we had to make a quick pivot at that moment. We had another time where 21% of our tithes were moving to another state, and we had to look and see, God, how will you provide? God has been faithful because of good budgeting and good management, but mostly because he is the ultimate provider. God will always provide enough. For the vision he has given, he'll provide enough volunteers to make it happen. When you're spending money, he will help you, and he will help you to always have enough. In our meetings at the national office, when we look at the budget in each one of our executive presbytery meetings that happen five times a year, Choco de Jesus, our treasurer, will have us put our hands on the budget and pray when we're done and we ask the lord to bless our finances and we with the laying on of hands it's a financial breakthrough that every church needs to have you have to know who you're praying to. When you're praying for a, a physical healing, and it's so beautiful to see Jackie Patelike and how God is touching her and healing her. Guys, we're not praying to some generic aspirin bottle distributor across the counter. We're praying to the to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the great physician, the one who created our bodies, and we pray to a healer. That's our God, He does provide. When you are nervous or uptight or facing a big test in school or a project at work, we're not praying to the writer of some sappy hallmark card of inspiration on the front of the card, but you are praying to the mighty counselor, the prince of peace, the giver of the gifts of word of wisdom, word of knowledge. That's who we're praying to. Will he provide? He will always provide. When you need direction or an idea, We sang about it this morning. We're praying to the way maker, to the light in the darkness, the creator of the universe, the omniscient, all-knowing one. That's our God. And so Jesus, in that moment of temptation, didn't look within himself. He looked to the heavenly Father. Will there be enough? Will God provide? Absolutely. Does he need bread in that moment when he's fasting for 40 days? The temptation was a real one. But he looked to the heavenly Father and pointed to him, will there be enough there will certainly be enough. Satan's a, Satan attacks the very person of Christ. He kept on saying, if you are the son of God, and then he went on with, with uh, what he had next. The second way of temptation is, am I enough? I think all of us ask that ourselves. As we are standing here singing, I was just saying, Lord, it's so amazing how you use people that are so unqualified like me. Every open door God has ever given me, I have stood on the front side of it saying, Lord, I can't do that. I was a 19-year-old person inviting to direct the choir, and I I told our pastor, I don't know how to read music. How can I direct this youth choir? Well, I know, but somebody's got to do it, and we think it's going to be you. So I went to the high school choir director and said, can you give me a crash course? I can't read music, and I'm supposed to direct a youth choir. That was just the beginning of every door that God opened for me. I thought, Lord, I can't do this. And he said, I know that. That's why I've chosen you. Because God wants to get the glory for what he does through yielded vessels If we were qualified and capable and had all of the right ingredients, then he wouldn't get the credit. And so, friends, when God asks you to do something and you say, oh, that's so beyond me, he'll he'll say, I know it. Let's step in and do it scared, as you said, right? Everything the Lord opens up for us, he wants us to step through that. If he's asking you to be a volunteer, if he's asking you to witness to your neighbor, if he's asking you to say yes to something, say yes, even You don't feel qualified because then God gets the glory. Are we enough? Are we enough as a church? Are we enough as a church? The comparison game is the most common attack. I remember going to a sectional ministers' meeting and The person with the largest church in the section was the person who was the speaker. And all of the things that they said that a church should be doing were none of the things that we were doing at Rockside Church. And I came back thinking, Lord, are we enough? Are we a real church? We don't have a building. Are we a real church? And I came into this room and knelt down here in prayer and asked the Lord, show us what's important to you. What do you care about? And I sensed in that moment that God said, Donna, if you will teach people how to pray how to talk to me and how to hear from me i will take care of the rest just focus on what i'm blessing and don't try to be all things to all people at that time god was giving us favor in prayer initiatives all around the city uh, there was a group in Akron that wanted to use our sanctuary to have a prayer meeting for Rahab Ministry for human trafficking. And the Lord said, just open, open up the sanctuary for however many people come. And what I'm blessing right now is prayer initiatives, so go with it. And the Lord helps us to be enough when we allow him to identify what he sees in us and what he's called us to do. And then we stay focused on that thing. God will help us to be enough. Are we enough? I never in a million years thought we would plant a church that didn't own our own building, but this has been such a beautiful marriage with Indiana Wesleyan University and such a a smart concept that it's just amazing to walk in here and see what you all have done with this building. This is what we wanted it to look like in the beginning, and now you finally have done it. This is beautiful. Beautiful. And the relationship has been a tiny little miracle, a really big miracle, between Rockside Church and Indiana Wesleyan University. And I just salute Vaso Suodalski and Jim and Josh Fisher and all of those people who made it happen because this, where you are sitting is a miracle. God has helped us to identify who is Rockside Church and are we enough? Absolutely. Tiny little miracles along the way. Number three, do we matter? I would say to the missionaries listed on that bulletin insert that is getting monthly support from this church, you really matter. Not only that a check is being written, but the thing I would hear again and again from missionaries is that this church doesn't just financially support, but they knew that you were praying for them and that you knew them as people and you came around them as a sending church to help them to feel like you are not alone on the mission field. You matter so much to the many missionaries that you are partnering together with in giving and going, sending and praying. It is just huge. To the City of Independence for whom you serve in the police department and city council meetings and for 20 years volunteering and selling cotton candy and being a part of the city, this church matters. I wish we could put a some kind of a lens over the church to be able to see into the spirit world because I believe if you could see into the spirit world, you would see that this whole region on this side of Cleveland here is impacted by the presence of this church here. Just the, the presence of the Lord that is here and the prayer that goes out from this place and the reality of you being here, it changes everything about the atmosphere. Rockside Church does matter. You have to watch for the tiny little miracles along the way. They will be coming at you left and right faster than you can imagine. If you're watching for them, you'll see the tiny miracles, and you can thank God and and praise him for that. Sometimes we watch for one big miracle, and we think, well, God doesn't do miracles anymore, but we need to watch for the tiny little ones that come along the way. And the third temptation, Satan tried to give power to Jesus When his assignment would be to already use the power in the universe, but with meekness and surrender. Do I matter? Where we stand right here was an empty field when this church started. I can remember visiting buildings and I I knew that we were supposed to be in an office building, not in a traditional church building or not tucked away in the residential area. But as I looked at buildings and saw the cost of renting and then the uh, unavailability on some Sundays, even if you were renting, and then the cost of build-out if you had your own space. I looked and looked for property, and nothing was opening up. I remember standing in Josh Fisher and Josh Black's office in the office building that's catty-cornered from here, and they said, come over to the window, and let's look out the window. And so we looked out the window catty-cornered, and there was an empty field here, and they said, you see that empty field over there? Indiana Wesleyan University is going to build a building, and we won't need the second floor in the beginning. Would you be interested in renting the second floor? Now, that's vision. You have to be able to see what's not there. And they were pointing, I'm thinking, how long will it take to build? How much will that cost? Do we really want a church in a second floor of an office building? But that was the beginning of seeing a tiny little miracle of what God wanted to see happen in this area that we couldn't see. And that took somebody who had a relationship with Indiana Wesleyan University to be attentive to what God was up to in the midst of that. Josh and his family had moved here just a year prior to that, and he was building his own career as a a dean of the university, but yet he had his eye open for what is God doing and how can I be used in that situation? God will give you power and influence and authority to be able then to turn and use that for the glory of God when you're watching for what God is up to and when you can use that strength for the glory of God. What happened next was that they built out the area and they weren't going to build this out and we saw the price of building it out. and We said, we can't do that. And they said, well, we'll build it out for you and you can rent. And it just was one miracle after another, tiny little miracles to watch along the way, watching for what God is up to. Satan will tempt you to misuse your power and your influence in the way that God wants you to use that. And he will also tempt you to not even identify your power and influence and leave it on the shelf. So watch for how can you influence and use your power in a controlled type of a way to bring glory and honor to God. In Springfield, I play pickleball once in a while with some friends that are there and I want to tell you about Ron. Ron is a really good pickleball player, but he plays to the glory of God. At his church, they have on the marquee out front free pickleball lessons. and On Wednesday night, people in the neighborhood will come in who don't go to church normally, but they want free pickleball lessons from Ron. And so he builds relationships with teenagers that would never in a million years come to uh, come to a church except that they know that there's going to be free pickleball there. And he builds relationships with them. And then I would see Ron in my cycle of open play out in the gymnasiums. He'll pop in once in a while. And he always controls his strength as a player to match the other people he's playing with for the glory of God so that he can have relationships with them. I've seen him that sometimes children will show up, and I've seen him allow them to be a part. Sometimes people will show up, and they're brand new, and he'll say, well, come on and play, be my partner in this next game, and he will ratchet down his power as a pickleball player in order to include other people. The last time we were playing, there was a man there who had recently had a stroke and was visibly just trying to get out and get some exercise again, and uh, of course, Ron said, come be on my team. We'll play together as partners. So recently he was playing a friend of mine and I asked his wife, I said, okay, who who really is the best pickleball player out of those two? Is it Doug Clay or is it Ron? And she says, oh my goodness, it's my husband. He's so good. He's in tournaments. He just ratchets down his power when he plays with people so that they have a good time as well. That's a, that's a, Demonstration of meekness because meekness is not weakness, but it's strength disciplined. It's taking the the power or the influence you have and knowing how to manage that power and influence to the glory of God so that other people can participate with you. There's a power differential that we always have in every arena that we're in, and it's the person with the higher power's responsibility to manage and maintain that power differential so that other people receive from God what God is trying to do in that relationship, because it doesn't matter who wins the pickleball game. It matters who felt loved and cared for and welcomed and the ability to come back and play after a stroke. That's what really matters to God. And so every one of you has influence and power, and you can bring it down for the glory of God. And that's that's what Satan was tempting Jesus to do. He's tempting Jesus, I can give you all of this. And Jesus like, no, I didn't come to be a, a king to Israel. I came to accomplish the Heavenly Father's purpose. And he, he was in tune with what the Father was up to and what his role was in that. And those three temptations that came to Christ are the same temptations that will come to you as a church. The temptation to want to make your ACMR report have higher numbers on it than it really does. And it doesn't matter about statistics and those things. What matters is, are we obeying the Lord? Are we being the best version of ourselves as a church? And are we using our influence to the glory of God? Yesterday, I had the privilege of going with Pastor Michelle over to the east side of town for the open house of a coffee house that is over there and um, got to be with uh, the Tavern Coffee House with Bob and Judy Willard and Kenneth McQuillan, and they were doing the ribbon cutting and the prayer. And that was a building I remember walking through the first day they bought it and seeing that thinking, how will they ever make anything useful out of this very difficult building? And yesterday we stepped in and saw the beauty of it all. It's just amazing. I'm uh, aware that Rockside Church was able to buy the HVAC unit for that building with money that had been set aside here for something in the inner city. You guys did that. How awesome is that? and there is no place i would have rather been yesterday in all the world than in that coffee house celebrating with them and seeing this presence that is coming to a neighborhood that desperately needs the presence of the lord because that's something that's a passion in my heart and you you'll step into those moments when you know this is god this is where i need to be this is what it's all about and there'll be times you'll step into other arenas that really look big and flashy and you're thinking ah This is is not mine. This is not what God is asking me to do. And so I want to encourage you as an individual, but mostly today on this 20th anniversary of Rockside Church, as a congregation, will you help this fellowship, whether you're a board member or you just walked in new today, whether you've been here for 20 years or you're brand new, whether you're 12 years old or 92 years old, would you help this congregation collectively discern the will of God So that you always know that you are enough as a church, that you will always know that you will have enough because God will provide, and that you really do matter, and your influence and your power is going to be used for the glory of God all over this place. Uh, Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus and the temptation he survived so that We could follow his example. And, Lord, we just recommit ourselves today to follow the person of Jesus Christ first and most and set aside every preference, every style, everything that could be helpful unto our walk with you, but also distracting if it gets in front of you. So help us, Lord, to follow your example when you are tempted, to look to the Heavenly Father as provider, to respond to the Word of God with God's Word, when we are tempted, to watch for those tiny little miracles along the way, to know that we will always have enough because you are a provider, that this church is enough because it is doing exactly what you tell it to do, and they continue to hear from you regularly, and that this church does tremendously matter now and forever in the kingdom of God in the city of Independence, in greater Cleveland, and around the world, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness, and we pray, Lord, that you would help us to recommit ourselves this morning to your purposes, and to yield to follow after you, and defeat the enemy in his temptation to cause us to think otherwise. We ask these things in the strong name of Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord.